You're listening to Filmwax Radio, hosted by Adam Shartoff. Hey everybody, this is Adam Shartoff, your host of Film Wax Radio. This is episode 518 of the podcast. We have a great show on this uh, episode. Uh, two women from really a relatively different uh, backgrounds, and but both great, great guests. One is Lois Vossen, who's returning to talk about the new season of Independent Lens on PBS. And the other is a former actor turned director, Margaret Von Trotta. I want to mention right from the top here, since we'll be going into a conversation uh, with Margaret first, that the Quad Cinema, in addition to playing a new documentary that Margaret has uh, directed called Searching for Ingmar Bergman, that there will also be a retrospective of the films of Margaret Von Trotta. It's called The Political is Personal. After coming of age in post-World War II, Berlin and studying art, uh, Von Trotta followed her burgeoning cinematic interests to France, where she immersed herself in the films of the French New Wave and flourished among fellow cineasts. She returned to West Germany to raise a family and be part of the new German cinema, initially as an actor, but her own creative instincts would take hold as would the impulse to be the change that she wanted to see, namely to become a female filmmaker in a movement that was short on them. Her only peer was the late Helma Sanders Brahms. Von Trotta began collaborating with her then-husband Volker Schlondorf on screenplays, and then as an assistant director, finally as co-director. And of course, most famously, she co-directed The Lost Honor of Katharina Blum. That is a classic. And as you may or may not know, Volker Schlondorf, who would go on to direct uh, The Tin Drum, most famously, was on this very podcast some years ago. So it's fantastic to bring on Margaret Von Trotta as well. She will be on. I should also mention that beginning Friday, November 2nd, Margaret's film Searching for Ingmar Bergman will begin a theatrical engagement. And that is a film she made in in collaboration actually with her son, who is himself a documentary filmmaker. This is Margaret's first attempt at at documentary filmmaking. So she'll be on the show. We're going to go into that conversation actually just about now. I just did want to say stay with uh, the podcast for a great conversation with the the lovely Lois Vossen returning to the podcast for her second visit. First, let's go into this first conversation with the uh, director from Germany, I just saw the Searching for Ingmar Bergman at the New York Film Festival. Again, it will be playing at the Quad Cinema beginning November 2nd, this Friday. So do check it out. It's a fantastic documentary. Uh, Here we go, my conversation with Searching for Ingmar Bergman director Margaret Von Trotta here on Filmwax Radio. The first one I saw was Seven Seal. 
I saw it in Paris in the early 60s. And for me, it was like an explosion. And that was the moment Europe was discovering Bergman. And I said, you are my master. Because of you, I became a filmmaker. So therefore, I have to do this film. This was Ingmar's favorite restaurant. He liked it because he could see the entrance and friend and actress might come in and he wanted to know, are they seeing somebody? He threw script girls out through the door all the time. And they also said, if he stares at you, stare back. And then you stood together for, for 30 years. And he stopped and he looked at, at me. You. And that was the beginning. He said, would you like to be in a movie with me? He allowed the actors to be creative. I will use my body and my soul to do this piece that he wants it to be. Mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. my will here. Look. Why is it so difficult? If you have such a good understanding for your own childhood, mm -hmm. why can't you understand your own child? One of my sisters said, how would it be if you just for one single second said, I miss my children or my grandchildren? Oh my God. And he looked at her, but I don't. <laughs> So he's he finds himself backstage at this, uh -huh, uh -huh. you know, at, at all sorts of you know, events with actors and filmmakers and act theater directors. His mother does a lot of theater. Yeah, but that's even more uh, annoying than because they, I remember when my son was, was a small. Yeah. A small one, he always said, uh, oh, they're only talking about cinema. They're always talking about cinema. Yeah, yeah. And the actors only talk about themselves. <laughs> kidding, kidding. You're an actor, so or former I actor. I was one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Once, once but actor, I stopped but in the moment I did my first film as a director. Why does that happen? Do you think? Why do some people, they, some actors, maybe they're meant to be, uh, maybe they're meant to be directors? No, they sometimes they like to be, be both. But uh, yeah. for me, it was always my wish to become a director, and to be an actress was only a way to to get up to that. And in the oh. moment I had the possibility to be to do my first film as a director, I stopped immediately. I never acted again. Never look back. Do you miss it or regret it? Or no, not at all. I I I just uh, mm. reached my my aim, my goal to it be was. a director and that was from the beginning when I saw the film of Ingmar Bergman. That was the moment I got this Who? that wish. Ooh, Ingmar. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know the name. But wait, so it was intentionally planned as a strategy. Is that what you're saying? Because it was a strategy and it was an unconscious strategy, oh, I think. Okay. No, because I couldn't, in the beginning of the 60s, for a woman, it was uh, really a, not even a, a bad idea. It was just no idea to get to get the possibility to become a director. Yeah. So, How many uh, were there at the time? Like uh, one or two? It was just Agnes Varda in, in France. But uh, yes. but for, for Germany to think that in Germany... That if, First, there was not yet the new German wave that started only in '65, okay. and uh, and then for a woman it was really crazy to think that you sh she would have the 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 possibility to. So I, yeah, in a way, unconsciously, I became an actress. And when the German film started to become famous in the world or to do really f good films, I entered as an as an actress, and then. Uh, 
slowly, slowly, I, I met Volker Schlundorf and oh, we yeah. we married and I, oh, I yeah. was I was present for for every film he did and, and including Tindrum. Uh, that's kind of his No, that was already over. That when he did Tindram, I already did my own films. Oh, okay. So, oh, so you had already left the marriage, or the marriage had ended uh, by, by the time Tindram came out? Yes. Because so, it was late 60s into the 70s. Is no, no, that was in the the, the late 70s he oh, did Tindram. Yeah. No, no, I, oh, right, 79 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, I, uh, well, let me just say, and uh, this is the last I'll talk about myself, because I just want you to know how much uh, the part of my own DNA... These these films are in a sense because I had on Volker did my podcast and I was so excited to have Volker Schlondorf do my I'm excited to have you on Margaret but I I was very yes. excited to have Volker Schlondorf on my yeah. podcast and he was so sweet with his last project at, yes, and it was at, yes, the, at yes. our film forum and then I had on Liv Ullman mm-hmm. Liv Ullman who did the podcast uh, so. And and oh, even Agnes Varda yes, did yes. it, but but it was more like I was a, fl- I was allowing her and Jr. the photo- you know faces places, uh, they were more or less talking to themselves, and I was recording, <laughs> slipping oh, in yes. occasional questions. <laughs> they had such a great chemistry, but anyway, so I just say that because it's it's so great to to have you on now. Um, yeah. Yeah. As a relict of <laughs> no 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 way. of Volker no we well, married no, oh, I see. we married in seventy one oh, and okay. and we divorced in ninety one so oh. you can imagine how long we were together and working also together but yeah can I ask can I ask is your son who you mentioned a product of that relationship no okay that's of my first husband oh very good okay yeah therefore he, he his name is Müller uh, is that right. Müller. Oh, his is name he getting? Is, is he, is he the, our Müller? Is it no? It's a different one. He he is a documentarist. He did okay. several films, and they were also shown in America. So we're here today to talk about uh, someone you referenced a few minutes ago. Ing, I think you said Ingmar. Is that how you pronounce his name? Ingmar. Yeah, Ingmar Bergman, and um, who you you made finally made this film, and it's a. Uh, I don't know. It's a, at once a, a love letter. It's an overused expression, but it's also, given the title, "Searching for Ingmar Bergman," you're also it's a it's a uh, a quest on, of sorts, right? Is that is that accurate? Do you think? What? Because you, you named it in ser- uh, searching for Ingmar Bergman. Now, yeah, that was the title. You you always give the title when you, the film is already made. So then you search the title, and then okay. it comes up with searching for. Because, uh, but it's a good title, and it is, is the truth about what I did. Because I, I'm not a documentarist. For me, it was the first time, and I was very, very uh, afraid because he was my master. And to, uh, I always had the feeling I'm not good enough to 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 can to do do a film about him no so uh, and my son as a documentarist he gave me courage and he said you did so many good films and you are able to and so he he was the one to and he to worked w- he worked on it with you yeah 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 i took from the film having watched it that and it's here at the new york film festival i might add that we learn more about ingmar that his work was his life his family took a second mm-hmm. position. They had to live with that. A, a father who, and the way he just—it seems like the way he chose to make that work in his head is to cut himself off emotionally to a great degree. He was difficult to be close to. I think my theory is, and I say it also in the film, that he was 
considering himself as a child, very, very for, for right. his all, all, all his life. And I discovered is when I read his biography, uh, Latana Magica, and he's speaking much more there about his childhood, his mother, his father, his grandmother, and very little about his own children and his, uh, his wives. And he had a lot of wives also. So I thought maybe and when you look at his films uh when 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 there's a, a child in the film he's he's more or less always identifying himself with a ch with a child and when i tell when i told that to to daniel his his yeah, son, yeah, no? son and and he said yes absolutely you are right that's that's it he wanted to be the child uh. and therefore he couldn't care for his own children then you have to ask, was that a, an intentional thing? I mean, or he would never take... It, it's a way out of taking re, uh, responsibility, of course, too. I mean, if one is looking to point the finger or make blame a thing, you know, it's it's beside the point, though. You look at the body of work, near 100 films. I don't, I'm not even sure how many films he made, but I know it's in the film, your film. It plays, and he changed cinema. Was that, at the end of the day, uh, justification? For yeah. what do you no. think? No, but he 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 was so much working. He was so the much. Yeah. The whole day uh, he was in the theater, in and in, in summer he did his films. But he wrote his own films. He wrote every 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 script of his films. You must you and and then he wrote also other things, and not only scripts. And and until his the end of his life, he 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 continued to write, and uh, in a way he also wanted. Uh, to be a to be a real writer for for theater, as uh, Strindberg or, right. or Ibsen yes. was. So, was so he was really. Yeah. I I can't even imagine how a human being can can work so much as he did, so that there is no place for nothing. Nothing else. else is than, that a justification? Theater. Do you think, though? I'm asking you. Do you think that's? I'm just asking. Is it for the greater good? He made a stamp. He made this huge impression on the world with his cinema. He changed cinema. Is that an, is that some people are just meant to be that and can't do the other things? Yes, they can't. They There's can't so make. So many a artists are, are like him. Mm -hmm. No, right. So many artists are much more in their art uh, than in their families or in their and they change women all the time. Picasso, look at Picasso. How many wives he had. And uh, uh, yeah, that is. I don't know. I I, I won't defend it, but uh, it's 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 in a way it's a fact for for so many artistic men. I think women are not as much, uh, uh, let's say, self concentrated as artists than 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 men often are. Mm -hmm. There, well, but, but on yeah. the other hand, when you when you read the the, the biographies of, of of daughters of very important or uh, or famous women like like uh, uh, Davis or others, there are always the children who are saying they 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 were not very mother mother motherful. Maternal, you say yeah. maternal, <laughs> maternal, uh, yeah. maternal, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's definitely sacrifices are made, correct? Did you have to make sacrifices uh, along the same lines? Or were you, was the struggle more for you as a woman, uh, just in, working in oh, this, yes. trying right. to gain a certain amount of control over your career? 
Yeah, but it was for me. It was very, very difficult to to get this uh, possibility to mm-hmm. to become a filmmaker. I had to, to struggle a lot for that first, sure. because uh, uh, no money, no nobody wants wanted me to do to become. They said, "But you're a good f- actress. Why you don't stay and, yeah. and you write your, your scripts together with your husband and and why you won't change that." No, they couldn't yeah. understand why, why I wanted to realize me as a director. Yeah, you were a very big actor, uh, right? You were very well known and and successful actor, right? Yeah. When did you meet Ingmar Bergman the first time? Do you remember that meeting? I met him in 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 Munich during he was uh, in Munich as a as a day. He came up to our house and to our apartment and was uh, uh, very very friendly, very open. Then that was. Uh, but I, I knew sure I knew his films. He knew me as an actress all, already before, and uh, but um, I, I then the the main uh, meeting, let's say, or the main yes. uh, moment when 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 we saw each other, spoke with uh, with each other. That was in a in a jury when he was jury president, mm-hmm. and and I was a member. And and there he he said to me that he liked so much my film Marian and Julian and that he was very depressed when uh, when he saw it and he wanted to to stop making films and and my film gave him the courage to go on and so and therefore and also my other wow. films uh, which I did before and he liked m- my filmmaking and 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 therefore he put also. Uh, this film, Marin and Julian, in his list of his favorite films. Well, so you saw the film. Yes, yes. So you saw the, the list of all these yes. old, wonderful giants, cinema giants. They are they on the list, and I'm the only woman, and the y- the, the youngest one now. I'm the oldest, but because and I'm the o- the only one who is still alive. No. Wow. Yeah. And that was for me very surprising that he he put me. I mm-hmm. I, I was very uh, fond for, of the, the the fact that he told it to me that he liked my film, but I would never have imagined that he put it on on a list of his ten favorite films. That was really something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're smiling. You still. <laughs> why 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 do you smile? Laugh because you still wear a certain badge of pride around it yeah it's, I, i'm still, still shocked hey i'm still in a way even if i'm i'm really now uh <laughs> of, a, of an old age but i'm still in a way his his pupil and i feel that he's always the giant and i'm the well, well, the, uh, the the last picture in the film that's uh, this big rock on faro you know where i'm uh, staying under the rock mm-hmm. and and the rock has the form of a face, of a big face, of a big head, no. And so I'm standing under this head, and I have the feeling he is a giant, and I'm the little one. But he's protecting me. Right, at the, the same, same time, time. At the same huh? time. What do you make of his, r- the way people talk about Ingmar Bergman now, or they th- the, 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 the feelings about Ingmar? You know, he's now, he's just icon, He's an icon, but uh, you know, I I I I was astonished uh, that there are no more so many people knowing him and knowing his films. Mm-hmm. They know perhaps a name, but they don't remember the films or the the un- new generation are not so interested. You think they s- think it's too too dark. Well, and I don't too think my I think my generation is 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 
probably the last generation that really knows. Yes, it. I'm in my fifties, so I, I do. Mm, I do. Know. Yeah, that that may be. And for for me to make this film was also to mm. to 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 make him alive again. And yeah. When when you see my films, so many people now saw saw the film and when they saw it in Germany or in in France already, they said, "Oh, now we we would like to see all his films again," and and that is for me a, a triumph. That that I wanted to 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 realize that yeah. that people have the, the 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 wish to to see all his films again. Well, they have an oppor- the opportunity is becoming ripe because uh, I know that with the hundredth year yes. of since of his birth, which just yes. happened uh, yes. the other day, pre- yeah. essentially in September was the hundredth. He would have been a hundred. No, in in Isn't July, the fourteenth of July. That's what I was said. Was his hundredth birthday? You oh, said that? N- no, I'm kidding. I just don't like. <laughs> I just won't recognize my mistakes. Uh, <laughs> it gets a- out of edited uh, later. No, this past July, or is it next July? Next July, when hundredth uh, birthday? No, that was this year. It was okay. This year, uh, this year in July. Okay, and so Criterion is going to is uh, as many fans of his work already know is about to re- or shortly going to release a uh, new ret- coffer like, coffret with all his films. So incredible. What? I mean, you know, the the idea of that is uh, astounding. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. You know, what was I going to ask you about? Uh, oh, so uh, I, t- I mentioned before I had Liv Ullman on uh, the podcast some years ago. She had made a documentary as well as you. And Liv, by the way, is in your film. You two sit and talk. Yes. Did you have her for a day or something? Did she give you a day? We uh, were. But you know each other. We knew each other. She gave me she the, a, the, 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 the award in Venice. Okay. Uh, that was in eighty one. Yeah. So we knew each other, and she 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 knew my films, and I knew her films. Sure, she did also films as a director, not sure. only as an actress. So right. I was always uh, you were first. admiring here. Were you first? Her, though? Were uh, you first as a director? I was first as a director, yeah. but uh, but uh, you helped her then. But uh, she she remained an actress, and yes. that was the difference with me. That in the moment I did my first film, I stopped acting, and right. and she she went on, and um, main mainly f- women who are who were uh, actresses before, and then they direct, they stay with their acting yeah. also. Right. And um, no, we we stood with her for a whole day in 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 her house, uh, her her apartment in. In Oslo, so that was also a nice gesture of her that she let us in to her, to her apartment. Yeah. Right, yeah, for sure. Uh, did you see her film uh, years ago? Leave, uh, leaving Liv, was it, uh, leaving uh, Ingmar? Was that what it's called? Yeah, Leaf and Bingmar, sure. Yeah, did I you see that? That, that yes. was a beautiful film too. Very beautiful. I mean, that was uh, an eye opener. I didn't realize that he was quite the, uh, quite so threatened by. No, uh, when I saw uh, the film, I that was just a year I did Hannah Arendt, and in one right, cinema, that was by the way uh, terrific. Yeah, Hannah Arendt, you're mm-hmm. Hannah Arendt. I should have mentioned yeah. that already. Yeah, that that got that was uh, got a lot of awards. That film. Yes, didn't I it? know. Yeah, but <laughs> you do know. I know. I know. Yeah. No, but uh, w- what I wanted to say Please. that when when it started in in uh, Paris, and there was one cinema, there was uh, the poster. Uh, outside and 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 there was one poster of Leif and Ingmar, mm-hmm. and underneath it was my poster for Hannah Arendt, 
And in this moment, I didn't know yet that, that I will make a film about Ingmar. No, of course. But I was so fond of this being together with him. Yeah. On the, <laughs> on the same uh, marquee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Good timing, right? So when did you decide to make a film about Ingmar, or this, this film? I decided for nothing. That was a, a producer who, they came up to me, oh, and they had right. the idea to okay. make a film for the 100th birthday, and I said, no, no, don't ask me. It's it's not possible, and I'm I'm fearing too much, and I, I'm too anxious, and I couldn't do that, and I'm not a filmmaker for documentaries. I never did a documentary, and so on. I tried to, to get rid of this, uh, but then... Uh, they insisted so much, and 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 you know, on a, on a, in a certain way, or I also uh, owe him something mm. because it was him uh, that he made he'd made me in a certain way uh, a director. So uh, when they insisted, and also the Swedish people ex- ex- insisted that I might be the one to do the film. So well, they were the right. And I, I, yeah. I gave up my... <laughs> and a good thing. I think you gave a very, uh, at once subjective mm-hmm. film, but at the same time non-judgmental. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not, a, I'm not a critic. It would be easy to... I'm not to a journalist. It's easy to, to criti- criticize him, but that's, that is nothing. Why? I, I have to... I admire him, mm-hmm. uh, and perhaps I know him now a little bit better. Therefore, the title "Searching for," but I would never uh, dare to, 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 to give a, a negative. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you say negative statement? Yeah. Well, uh, we mentioned Liv is in the film as a you know talking head or as one of the subjects of the film, yeah, and we mentioned his son Daniel. Daniel, Daniel uh, Bergman is in it. And he's very honest. And uh, again, I don't see it even as judgmental. I just see him as being honest. This is, you know. Honest, yes. Yeah. And his other son, uh, Ingmar Jr. Ingmar, Ing- the little Ingmar, little he's Ingmar. called. Yeah, little oh, Ingmar. Uh, <laughs> is that right? <laughs> is, there, is he the younger son then? Or is he, uh, oh, Daniel and no, him? No, Daniel is younger, younger than, but, than but Ingmar. But Ingmar is yeah. younger than his father. Yeah, only yes. because he, he has yeah. the same name. They, he, they tell him the little Ingmar. Yeah. Who else is in the film? Who else uh, did you talk to? Who else? Uh, what other people did you talk to in the film? Ah, I talked to uh, Olivier Sayas. Olivier Sayas. Uh, he did this podcast too. Sorry, <laughs> can't help it. I'm so happy. What? What did he? Oh, he he, he was he was on this. He also t- I talked to him. Oh yes. With, oh uh, yes. No, with, he's uh, fantastic. Yeah. He's wonderful, and he he met Ingmar mm-hmm. Bergman together with Stieg Bjorkman, mm-hmm. who's also in the film, who is a, a director and also a writer and a critic, and and they both went to interview Ingmar in 1990 for for five days, so they really uh, ha- had a long, long, long conversation. And and it it was done for for Cahiers du Cinéma okay. in the time. Okay. Yeah. But it was also a book came out for this. Oh, like a and I, I read it before. Yes, I read it sure before that, before I spoke with him. Sure. Well, you want to be prepared. I was really prepared. I like can a real journalist. See, <laughs> you were. You are. You can. Ma- uh, well, again, the name of the film is "Searching for Ingmar Bergman," directed by Margaret uh, von Trotta. and uh, it's 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 currently at the New York Film Festival. By the time people hear this. It will be after the fact, I'm sure. So 
the but the good news is it's it's having a New York theatrical on November second. Release, yes. Yeah, which is fantastic. It may be on the marquee with something Liv Ullman does again. You never know. It's <laughs> she's that would be great. <laughs> you know, and for sure, yeah. You mentioned that this was in a way the title kind of refers to your own figuring out where you maybe your your feelings and who Ingmar was for you in your life. Is there anything you learned maybe that came as a surprise or anything maybe that no, you discovered you discover that you discovered from making the film? No, I, I discovered that that his films you could feel it already seeing the films mm-hmm. perhaps uh, inconsciently you 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 understood that it had so many to do with his own life but now uh, looking at all his films and seeing also his interviews and and speaking with 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 others uh, I understood that 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 all his films in uh, are in a way also autobiographical or biographical it's like a, a, a album of photographs and when you look through his films you can always understand where he is yes. situated in his own life uh, and what did uh, the, the, his sons feel about the having seen did they, they, I assume they saw your film you showed it to them right Daniel and little Ingmar yeah Daniel was not so fond of the film because he wanted me to speak much more about myself and 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 not so much, uh, yeah. And that I couldn't understand because I think I'm a lot in the film. And, you and, are, yeah. And I I was uh, already in the beginning. I said I can't put myself in the film. That 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 is uh, a little bit uh, uh, like like uh, what do you say? Taking taking yes. away from yes. Uh, but yeah. but 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 then. Uh, it was perhaps the right way, but more of myself. Then I would have used him to speak about myself, and that yeah. was for me. It was not uh, not not right. The little Ingmar, he was very fond of the film, and also all the others who are uh, I have seen the film, uh, who are in the film, like Katinka Farago, the the ex. Uh, uh, script girl mm-hmm. and wh- she became a producer then afterwards and and she was very fond of the film too yeah well, last question what would you want people to to take away from about Ingmar Bergman uh, coming oh, out I hope they will see the film again that was my mm. that would be a really a big satisfaction for me yeah then I I did a good good work if if I I make him uh come again and back to 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 the cinemas yes. with his films and, and and tell kids like that go see Ingmar Bergman <laughs> he's got forget it <laughs> he's got he's got a cold <laughs> i apologize <laughs> jacob please son he's <laughs> i'm okay. embarrassed now he's this really great kid no yes i promise <laughs> You heard the name of Ingmar Bergman in your life already, before? Ingmar Bergman. Do you know the name? Yeah, it's that. It's not. Process. How old is he? He's four, he, he's fourteen. Yeah, yeah. But he's, like I say, he'll know. He'll he'll discover him. I was lucky enough. My parents introduced me to Ingmar Bergman. Uh, yeah, they loved him. Yeah, like, you yeah. know they would they were mm-hmm. they they would play his films like a. Uh, 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 Scenes from Marriage, um, or or Persona, or something like that, on PBS. 
public television. Yeah. I remember know? I saw the scenes of a marriage for the first time I saw it just in, in, in New York. Oh, and, yeah? and when I came out of the film, uh, still in the cinema, it was uh, a woman who, who, who spoke with me, what do you think? And, uh, she and knew who she you wanted were? In Did immediately. You know? Did she know who you were? No, okay, no, right. no. I didn't think so. But. No, okay. that was just, I was a spectator. She right. was a okay. spectator and she wanted, she was so much uh, emotionalized that she wanted to speak with somebody. And that is very nice in, in America. People are immediately talking to you right. after in, in <laughs> Germany. No, you have to know the person with whom you are speaking. No? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that is a very um, typical American. Uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Alrighty, well, Gary Springer is is uh, giving me the the sign, so he's standing behind you. Thank you, uh, Margaret, very much. I wish Thank you so you. much luck tonight Thank at the you, at yeah. the Near Film Festival and with the and theatrical with the film then, yes yeah, and, and release and, afterwards. That would be great. And you'll come back on with your next film. <laughs> I, hope, I hope. Thank you. The one thing that you shouldn't forget about Bergman is that he's showing sides of himself that he's not proud of and he dares to go there and be as honest as possible. He never thought that he was good enough. This was a moment of deep crisis for him. It was like he looked in the mirror and he saw your face, but it was his soul he saw. That's why he was so great. As if the filmmaker Ingmar has said, from this day on, this is possible. We can make film like this. Independent Lens has returned this week. Uh, they started their first uh, film of the series. is called Wildland. Even though it, it premiered on PBS uh, on uh, earlier this week, you can stream you can stream the film on on their website. If you go to pbs.org/independentlens, if you go to Independence Lens's website, you can stream Wildland right off their website. It is again this documentary is filmed over two wildfire seasons, and it is a sweeping, yet deeply personal account of a wildland firefighting crew as they struggle with fear, loyalty, dreams, and demons. This is the story of ordinary people with nothing left to lose, facing a test of mind, body, and spirit. Also coming up very shortly is Dawnland on November 5th, and then also The Cleaners, the documentary The Cleaners on November 12th. So again, check out the Independent Lens website for details about all these films, including, by the way, the uh, film Rodents of Unusual Size. You may recall that recently we had on one of the filmmakers of that documentary, Jeff Springer. That will be preparing early uh, in 2019. So please do mark your calendars for all the above. This is a special conversation. I love uh, Lois. She's fantastic, a great guest. I hope she's on many, many times to come. Here it is, uh, my conversation with executive producer of Independent Lens, Ms. Lois Vossen. It's an American story. It's a human story. Elvis Presley acts out life, liberty, and happiness in our own time. That was the American dream. The dream has never been what our history books say it is. We just happen to live on top of one of the biggest reserves of oil they've ever found. We don't want to sell out and move. This is our home. That's just business in America. Rumble made an indelible mark on where rock and roll was going to go. Figuring out that these people were Indians, and then we started to ask ourselves, why didn't anyone else know that? Federal government gives money 
to forcibly remove Native children as young as four and five years old from their homes. And we have faith that this is the only way to heal our communities. There was something beautiful about what they were doing together. Everything above our heads and below our feet, we're all connected to. Let me hear you just say anything. Hi there, Adam. That sounds good. Hi. Hi. Has it been a year? It's been or a two? Year. One year. One yeah. year. Okay, I, I thought so. I talked to my friend whose um, children's uh, book publishing office, we did it in last time. He was a little heartbroken that he wasn't asked to repeat. You know, he felt a little left out. Wait, what was this? Remember, we went and did it in my friend's. Yeah. Oh, yes, of yeah. course, the publisher. Yeah. Right, he, wasn't it like a, yeah. a, a children's, children's book, book publisher. publisher? Yeah, he feels left out now, just oh. so you know. What was, what was the company again? We'll, um, we'll, we'll plug him. It's called Sourcebooks. 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 We'll Check out uh, sourcebooks.com. Or, so, or just Google source books. Okay, my God, he would just giggle to no end if we did that. Yeah, no, let's uh, plug him again. It was so nice of him to lend us. But, you know, I myself have certain appointments, and uh, or, you know, I try to make it as convenient as possible. I had a space in Brooklyn for us, but then I was like, I'm actually not even, I wasn't even in Brooklyn. So right. I'm like, yeah, I, well, I'll ask Michael. I did it once before, and uh, he was amenable. So this time I thought, and I thought this, this was a natural because he's a... Uh, Filmmaker. Documentary filmmaker, anyway. So you should in meet him. In the future, I actually have a new place. Friends of mine um, now live in London Towers on Twenty Third and Ninth Avenue, and there's a space there, oh. a little private room oh, that wow. we could use. Okay, just saying. Okay, the new studio of okay. Filmmarks Radio wouldn't on it be funny run. if I just set on it up the run. there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They'll be like, "Who is he again? Oh, it must be charming. He's back." I have one space that's also available. It's in Long Island City, so again, it's not. Um, oh yeah. And it, there, there's it's there's actually, it's a green screen right it's a, it's a beat, oh. or i can i have a set a virtual set it's fantastic and it looks for all intents and purposes like well of course it looks real yeah. that's the idea <laughs> <laughs> if it didn't it would be odd and uh, that's my my you know but wow an outburst an outburst of <laughs> so birds of new york city so we're talking to the birds yeah. i love it so this is why we keep the door open because that can't that would that, that was ambience, captured. You cannot. No. You know you, you can't, can't create. That. You, can't you can't write can't it. Make it up. No. <laughs> you can't write it. Exactly. You can't. Yeah. But we're not going to talk about the bed bugs anymore, are we? No. No. Okay. Good. Um, we've covered that. I feel like we've definitely adequate. covered that. I did last night. I was walking home from. I'm not. I'm not trying to plug myself here, no, but from please. the Emmys, and I had the mm-hmm. Emmy. Mm-hmm. Actually, too. And I this, wish he had brought it. This guy said to me. Um, where's the subway? And I, so I directed him as best I could. I said, yeah. I'm not a New Yorker. And then he looked back and he goes, you be careful with those things. And I'm like, I'm the one, who, I have you know, You're lethal weapons here. Brandishing. I could poke eyes out. I'm totally fine. There are, are there, is there like wings? I yeah, forget. The on wings the wings in the back and yeah, they're very right. sharp. And so four wings altogether. Right. How heavy are they? I've, I've, ca- I've held them. Yeah, they're pretty substantial. Eight pounds, something mm-hmm. like that. That's I mean, you, you could, could do poke some damage. out for sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it yeah. works pretty well. Where were they? And they were held, oh yeah. In, They're um, up at Jazz on Lincoln Jazz Center. Jazz on Lincoln Center. I saw something you posted about that, yeah. actually. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Last season? Yes. Well, it's and actually la- half of last season and half of the season before because oh, they right. do it by the calendar year. Mm-hmm. And my series goes... Is bifurcated yeah. as we talked so about last So some of time. them, yeah. Some people are like... I mean, the big winner was Life Animated by the wonderful Roger Ross Williams. Sure. And that was a long time ago, but that's it just is. because it broadcast in January. Wow. Yeah. So just shows you the how long the life span of these films of the film are. can be. You know? They'd never quit. 
he's like right two films in by yeah, now. He's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, and def- two more about to come out. Yeah, I keep seeing him all over the uh, social media stuff too. He's I was gonna, everywhere Roger is. <laughs> I was going to just look up our last episode so people could refer to it also. I think it, it's nice to be able to, uh, to uh, be able to play them in tandem. Back to back? Yeah. Adam and Lois? Adam and Lois. Wow, it's, it's, a, 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 new, it's a new comedy on NBC <laughs> Wednesdays. It's Not on PBS. The new must-see television. No, <laughs> PBS, it would be a little too, you know, out there. Yeah, yeah. you might be right. Yeah, people have no idea what's going to happen here. 441. 441? Not that far back. No, no. What number is this? I, five... I do a lot sometimes. I just just keep pumping them out. So it's like ridiculous. So people literally have to find it by the number of the episode. Well, it's a way of just a quick way. You know, they can Google it too. But uh, it, this is going to be probably mid five teens, so five hundred and thirteen or wow, something. You when, keep working. I know. I keep doing it. It's a compulsion and a passion. It's a compassion, compassion, yeah. compulsion, compulsion, compassion. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a, no, it's a passion of mine. Of course, I enjoy it, and I keep getting like again off my. This week I'm meeting with Peter Bogdanovich. Oh, last, last week Peter Biskind oh my and God. Peter Rieger just agreed to do it. The Is actor. It, I think you have to rename it the Peter, Peter Show. Peter's because now I yeah I don't. I it's feel three totally, Peters. Yeah, three Peters. That's a new comedy. Yeah, the it three does sound Peters. Like one, the three, yeah. and it has all sorts of mixed meanings or multiple meanings. Yes. But it had uh, Peter Rieger, who was you know like years ago in Local Hero. Yes. Animal House. Yes. He's a great. Local yeah. Hero, one of my favorite films of all time. People, a lot of people, it's oh, a I real that cult film. favorite. For a long time, that and Something Wild by Jonathan Demme that were my great. two favorite films. Those, you have great taste. Those yeah. are both really then great. Time passed and I had to pick some new ones. Or I didn't like take them off my love list. Right. I just, other things got added. Yeah. It's a little warm in here. It might just be me, though. It might be. <sighs> Oh, there's more ambiance. More, well, yeah, I can't see what's happening because it's happening behind me, I so know. I'm imagining. Yeah. <laughs> I could turn. Uh, well, the air conditioner is like making a hum. No, no, it, so that's fine. I, we, I feel like the face you made, though, like we're in the middle of yeah. Halloween. Like <laughs> yeah. Jamie Lee don't, Curtis don't, is going to start don't, screaming don't. at any second. Yeah, don't look. Don't turn around. Don't turn around. No, it's if just it's the not super. A rat, I'm okay. It's the super of this building putting oh. the garbage out on the curb. So. There have also been a lot of conversation about rats, I just want you to know, yeah. since I got to town on Sunday or Saturday. Yeah. People are talking rats. Well, there, and there were a couple of recent documentaries. About yes. Doc, uh, rat rats. film, one of ours. Yeah. Rats. But that those was, rats were in Baltimore. Yes. They were, they were far away from here, but maybe yeah. distant Theo relatives Anthony's of your rats. Yes. And then um, also uh, the, the um, I don't know if you can say this anymore, Morgan Sproul, can you say those words? He's I, out there somewhere. Yeah, no, yeah. of course. And yeah. I wish him well. Yes. The Morris Burlock did it. It wasn't as great. I thought it was, but it was, it was an idea. Well, this is funny because we have a film coming up that is about large swamp-like rats, rodents of unusual rodents size. Rodents of unusual size. And that wasn't even those a, guys. You didn't even set me up for that. I just pulled that out of my hat and, you know, yeah. used well, that those as a guys, shameless plug. I was supposed to meet with them today. Well, one of them, Jeff Springer. Here in town? Yeah, he's here. And uh, he, I, I, very, I feel bad because I didn't. We had it open for today, and I was supposed to get back about more specifics, and I, and I dropped the ball. Oh. So he, I woke up to an email from Jeff Springer, and uh, I said, uh, we could do it be- after this, right. just coincidentally. Yes. Um, and then he said, well, he's off to something like important, and so I, he said, important. maybe I tomorrow. I he's going to the same important thing I'm going to. I have something important later, too. What's that? Uh, well, my friends at POV are having their gala. Oh, right. So, that's what yeah, so it is. I don't know, maybe, maybe that's... Maybe. Or maybe he has other... 
important things. Yeah. There's so you are friends with things. POV? Oh, That's love allowed? them. Just, oh, absolutely. <laughs> They're buds. Justine and I, we joke because we're both from Minnesota. This, even when I say it, I fall back into that accent. Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. But no, so we consider ourselves sister series. We, we want PBS to have great documentaries. Uh, yeah. So there are occasionally films we both want, and we sort of duke it out in the back room a little bit. But uh-huh. if one of us gets it, that's great. Um, so yeah. They're uh, very good friends. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go party with them tonight. Oh, have celebrate fun. Celebrate their, their gala. Right. That's, that's a, like a major uh, fundraiser. fundraising function. Yes. Oh, so oh, uh, rodents of unusual not, size, they yeah. can come back because we're not broadcasting it. Okay. For Well, I know they're in the middle of their theatrical, so they want to plug their theatrical. And they, did it start? Already? I think it did. Oh, okay. Um, but our broadcast is in January. So from my perspective, you've got lots of time All right, we to could talk always, about the yeah. film. And he's in town. He's, we, uh, he has yet to get back to me about meeting in Long Island City tomorrow. Like, I'm oh. going to be in Long Island City in the morning, and he can meet in the morning. So I said, if you can meet me there... Because it's right on the G, and he's in uh, Greenpoint. Which Those is a- three filmmakers are utterly delightful. They were so fabulous to work with. We funded the film, and I remember they came in. We do an orientation when we fund filmmakers. We bring a group of filmmakers in, and we spend mm-hmm. like three and a half days with them. Mm-hmm. Um, we sing karaoke, and you know, and um, I just was like, if you guys do this right, this is going to be so fantastic. The idea of using humor to talk about all the different things they want to talk about mm-hmm. in that film, mm-hmm. and they did it right. It's a really marvelous film. It is. I'm just, just kind of just wild that, that that's one of your films. Yeah. Conversation about rats. I don't, I kind of just choose films through, you know, like I don't even, I don't even know that I'm aware of my criteria right. for what, who I end up talking to. It's it just did, something that comes into your orbit. It comes into my orbit on my radar and then it has to be also timing. It has to be the, uh, the it, sometimes if it's through a publicist, my relationship with them, yeah. it could be if people contact me directly as was the case here. Originally, uh, directly, and then through their publicist. Okay. But I, and you know, if everything just sort of lines up, I, I it happens, it and happen. it just seems that. And then, of course, most importantly, I have to watch the film yes. and, and respond to it. It's how. We, oh yes, exactly. You know, do you, have you ever done that. one where you just, just was like, I don't want, I don't want to talk about this film. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and but then still uh, had them on. Yes, I. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Um, yeah, I've done that because I found another way into the yeah. conversation. There's this is actually a, an interesting, very, very brief uh, example. Is and I, I don't. If they're listening, they they say they're listeners to the show, so they could very well be listening. But we actually had this conversation. I just had a problem with some. Uh, it was it was actually a narrative short. Mm-hmm. It was, a, it, but it was the idea of it was what was interesting, and also the trajectory of the film has been very interesting. And it is a geriatric version of Annie Hall. Oh wow. It's like they literally took the same dialogue. Now, it's not the entire film. They condensed right. it wisely. Yes, wisely. But um, Because those it's, older people talk the, slowly. And it's, well, it's also on a, um, well, they went to the senior home. They tried to number them to cast it from a senior home. And finally, one senior home finally came around and agreed to do it. Oh my God. Or to try to get help them make it happen with their residents. And they did do it. And so the, most of the actors, no, I mean, actually all of them are non-professionals. Right. And some of them, just, the act, it's a little bit difficult. And I was just like, you know, I just, don't, and I just don't think the quality was there. But they had already two articles in the New York Times that wow. filmmakers already had gotten so much press from doing this. So as a sociological yes. and as a 
uh, age-positive project, I thought yes. this was a great conversation. Well, and there are films that so I don't particularly do that. like, but I still want, I still mm-hmm. enjoy talking about it <clears throat> because there's something in it that was interesting or even why I didn't like it or why I felt it could be better. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we don't just talk about the things we like. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes talking about things we don't like is actually more helpful and interesting because yeah. they're challenging you in some way. But you, but you, when it comes to documentaries, when people... They contact you directly sometimes? Do you mean to, to have to, to solicit? See? Well, okay. So most of the films that we broadcast, we fund. We, oh, okay. So people, ITVS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, or I commission directly. Okay. I have a small amount of money every year that I can commission films. So I, oh. I was able to commission Tower and uh, I'm Keith Not Maitland. Your Negro. Yeah, yeah Keith yeah. Maitland and Newtown and this wonderful film coming this season, Black Memorabilia. So, um, or they come through ITVS and ITVS funds them. And then in terms of the films that we acquire that we didn't fund, um, yeah, people, I, I talk to, I go to film festivals, uh, sales agents, most of the sales agents are, you know, people I know professionally, some are friends of mine. Um, and sometimes the filmmakers send it to me directly. So they come in all, you know, 700 from all over the place. Yeah. All 700. And plus, wait, yeah, it was 742 or something last year. Just documentaries yeah. that are... Yeah, want to be broadcast. Want to be Looking broadcast. for a broadcast. Home. Okay. Yeah. That's a large number. It's a large number. <laughs> well, there's like three or four platforms, right? Or, yeah. or, or channels. Yeah, right and, they're, and growing, but right. not CNN. actually a lot, yeah, that buy them. I mean, oh. there are CNN, Courtney, a friend of mine, Courtney Sexton, they fund a small number, but I don't know that she acquires a lot, mm-hmm. I think, because it's a limited, but, so yeah, there aren't as many platforms as there are films, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. There, it's, um, it's a buyer's market in that sense. There's just so much incredible work being made right now. Um, really quality, great work that gets into great festivals and still doesn't find a broadcast because it's 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 a glut of a, content. Yeah, of course. And there's no strategy that you can just or formula. It's like uh, as a filmmaker, if I'm being extremely, uh, uh, maybe I'm coming from a business standpoint or whatever, I'm trying to put together the right documentary, yeah. well, which will have like Sundance. You know, as yeah, a, the and dream, then, and then and a then, theatrical release, and then, and then a theatrical, and in a you know, 150 cities, in and, 150 and then cities, then it'll get broadcast, on, and then Netflix lens. or somebody oh, right. or Hulu will pick it up and stream yeah. it for the next five years. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of the dream scenario. Yeah, yeah, it, that scenario. Who, who falls under that? Like we do, we said Roger Ross Williams. Yeah, I mean a, a fair number Morgan of people. Neville. Morgan Neville, but not every film that everybody makes does. Yeah. You know, I mean. Oh, and the, we forgot the Oscar and the Emmy. Oh, we forgot. Of course, you we have totally to forgot that. And a Peabody, if you can have a chance <laughs> at it, and then maybe a few audience awards when you're mm-hmm. out on the festival circuit. Mm-hmm. And then there's the international film festivals. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a pretty robust thing, but it's all changing pretty dramatically. I mean, the way the field is just constantly evolving, mm-hmm. and now. The idea even that all of these films could have a theatrical is, of course, not possible. There's just not enough theaters to show all of them. And although this was a successful year for a few documentaries, Won't You Be My Neighbor, RBG, um, that's the small number of films. Three Identical Strangers. Three Identical Strangers, exactly. Those are a small number of films Mm -hmm. that actually made money at the box office. It's it's still not something that most consumers go to the theater to buy. Is it and it's is it's marketing that gets yeah, I that, think it's that marketing, gets, uh, but people also, don't like. I don't know. The average person doesn't sit. Yeah, likes 
think of the documentary as one of those options for their weekend yeah, movie. Yeah, they're like, let's have like a date, date night, night, honey. Yeah, let's go see a film I mean, about girls in sold Brooklyn. into sexual slavery. Yeah, exactly, yeah. in Brooklyn. Well, you know, they do do Some that. Parts. They, they're like, or you get those people that are just, oh, I love documentaries. It's like they refer to them almost patronizingly about them. Like, they're so cute. They're I just so want to pinch they're their like cheeks. Yeah, they're like a pent. Yeah, they're like, pet. They, you know, it's they, something that they wouldn't do with, you know, yeah. I don't know, some... Well, I think the ones that hit it big this year, the three Mm -hmm. especially that we just named, all have very life-affirming positive. Like they gave people a sense of hope, something to Mm -hmm. really rally around. Uh, So I think it's not coincidental that those three films Mm -hmm. were really popular this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially Won't You Be My Neighbor. It really is a film about acceptance um, understanding, kindness, mm-hmm. I mean, all these things that we're kind of craving that are, seem to be yes. yeah, just in very short supply in the public space as well as in, I mean, in the media, everywhere, mm-hmm. certainly in politics. Um, and RBG, I think people just rally around her because there's so much love for her as a person. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, Betsy and uh, you know one of the filmmakers talks about how um, she's just this little dynamo and people want to connect to that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, you know, Three identical Strangers, I'm a twin. So, you are. Yeah, there's nothing like a good story. I mean, they're, they're triplets. Clearly, they outdid me <laughs> by one whole body. Individual, yeah. Uh, and yet, a great story. Are you uh, an identical twin? Fraternal. Fraternal. Okay. Yes, I have brothers who are also twins, two years older. Oh, I Two hear sets of twins, two years apart. Yeah. My mother's a saint. I always tell this story. It's a great story. So one night I'm walking down the street with my husband and I see a double stroller. That means it's twins and I get very excited. So I go over and I say, oh my gosh, you have twins. And this woman says, she looks around and she just looks really haggard. And she goes, yes. And I said, I'm a twin. And she goes, your mother is a saint. You call her right now and you tell her you're sorry for every terrible thing you ever did to her. <laughs> and I said, no, you're right. My mother is a saint. I'll call her. And she goes, no, I mean it. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, chill. Yeah. And so I said, well, actually, there are two sets of twins two years apart. And she turns to her husband and she clobbers him with this left-hand hook. And she uh-huh. goes, did you hear that, Bill? I swear to God. If you do that to me, me. I'm out of here. (laughs) I was like, okay, we're going to go now. Have a good life. And we sort of strolled off. It was definite fatigue. The poor woman hadn't slept. So, yeah, my heart goes out to a mom with twins. Uh, Well, I mean, I'm a divorced, but uh, from reality, but (laughs) the, (laughs) but my, one of my ex-sisters-in-law was also a mother of two sets of of twins. twins. She had, yeah, one was fraternal. And the other was 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 uh, identical. Yeah, the bottles. There's and cans. a lot of bottles going on. We, we're I, by the way, we're in a beautiful gallery down, yep. you know, just north yep. of Houston. So there there are no varmints. It's an <laughs> animal free zone except for the dogs outside, right? And this fly, yeah, that really likes the, us. Uh, the the yeah, we're uh, we're at the uh, workspace also. It, it's in a workspace of Michael Rosado Bennett, who's yes. a friend and, and a wonderful but, filmmaker. And a, yeah, I got made, to meet him today for the first time. Did you see Alive Inside? I didn't. Well, yes. Not. I thought when you were going to say when it was at Sundance, and I was like, no, I didn't get to see it at Sundance because they were all sold out. But yes, oh. I did eventually get to it see won it. Won the audience award that year. It did indeed. Another, a plug for Michael. Yeah, it's a plug for Michael <laughs> and and a great film. I just did two weekends of uh, training for some volunteer stuff I'm doing, uh, hospice work. Oh. I mentioned because the woman that ran it at the hospice of New York, she does music. It just coincided. They needed me to uh, furnish references. Oh. And one of them was Michael. Oh. So she, she was like, 
she was so excited. How could this be? Exactly. What a tie-in. Exactly. Now you talk about hospice work, and then you make me think of The Providers, our film coming this season, The Providers, which is about rural health care crisis in America. And it's about, part of it is young people coming in to help take over the medical um, problems happening in small towns all across the country. Ours is set in rural New Mexico, but this idea of who's taking care of people. I just, everything yeah, you great. say is making me think of... No, that's great. That's on the next season? Yes. Coming. Oh, well, first, let's, let's, since you brought it up, we'll leave, I'll, leave the, some of the, I'll figure out how to leave that in <laughs> without sounding like a jerk. But you, um, let's just back up a tiny baby step and just give me the sort of the, the framework of the next season, where we're at, when it when oh, it went. I know it takes, there's kind of two blocks. Yeah, two chunks. Two so chunks. We'll be beginning our 17th season in October, the last Monday in October, which I believe is the 29th. And then we run uh, October, November, and a part of December. Mm-hmm. So that's our fall season. Then we go dark for PBS Pledge, and this year the holidays. And then we come back um, the first Monday in January with The King, Eugene Jarecki's extraordinary film about Elvis and the American Dream, and then we run from January through uh, early June. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you mentioned that the King, Eugene, did the podcast. Yeah, I know. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if people are listening and yeah. have not listened to your podcast with Eugene, they should just maybe not turn us off, but definitely listen to that next. Okay. He's such a smart, yeah. interesting guy to talk to yeah. and listen. Yeah. That um, it's yeah, it's worth their time. I don't remember what I called him, but I mispronounced something. Oh, not Jarecki, you mean? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah I must have said something else. I don't know. He just, I didn't know quite if he was kidding or not. He's kind of intense, dude, you know? Well, he's, got a, he's a very, very smart right. person, and he's got a lot of things that he wants to share. Sure. Yeah. And it, yeah, he had a lot to say. And his, he got the, the smarts. His, brother's, his brother got the looks. I don't know. What <laughs> and what, was he here for a specific film? Uh, Eugene? Yeah. It was, no, it was for the theatrical. Oh, The King. Of, of The King, yeah. Oh, yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Good, good, uh, good. But you listened to it, I thought, so... I'm just well. kidding. Okay, you. <laughs> just teasing you. Um, so, you, and then we'll go back now to uh, this other film you mentioned about uh, the, the young... Pro- young yes. Are these are these medical professionals that yeah. are young, or are they just like it's the a community activists? It's activist. a combination. Okay. Um, we're in rural New Mexico, and we follow healthcare providers. Some are doctors, some are nurse practitioners, um, and they're all dealing with the opioid, you know, epidemic, wow, yeah. which is horrible, and alcoholism. A lot of things which are the result of poverty and lack of jobs. So, um, and they're in this very rural community. A lot of. Um, you know, immigrant families and mm-hmm. other people who are just sort of struggling to make it. And then they cannot keep medical staff there. Everybody leaves because there's no money. So what they're trying to do is inspire young people to stay in their community and become mm-hmm. doctors and nurses. And they bring them in through these volunteer programs and going into the high schools and trying to um, excite people about the career opportunities they could have and still stay in their community because the biggest thing facing most of these small towns is lacks, lack of jobs. This was, this is not a new idea, right? No. This is, I remember in the rural South, they used to, they, where they no doctors for sometimes for like, you know, the nearest place was hospital or doctor, you know, was 200 miles away yeah. and they needed to, so they, the town would, would pay for, the, a degree, a medical school yeah. for one of their residents, and the agreement was: if you do this, you, you have, have to, to come you back have to here. come back and live yeah. here and, and and practice here. It's that same 
thesis yeah. that we need to inspire people who have a personal connection to this place right. so that they won't because other people come in and they're wonderful but a year or two later they're like oh i want to go back to wherever they came from so the idea is to really build people who wherever their small town is that they want to go and reinvest in their small town yeah so it's and the characters are really really interesting it's also unusual because there are a lot of films dealing with the opiate opiate um, crisis and other things yeah. but this is really through the lens of the providers so you get this unique perspective about what it takes for them you know they drive hundreds of miles to go see their patients mm-hmm. they're like old time country doctors mm-hmm. and yet the the need to be close to their patients to really help them through these periods of crises is really hard because of the distance and obviously their caseload you know some people are carrying such huge caseloads so it's um it's an interesting film and it looks at like a lot of films this year we i think as always filmmakers respond to what's happening in the zeitgeist so we have a number of films that are about rural america that take place outside the big metropolitan cities and ironically these filmmakers were making those films before it became a talking point in the last election because filmmakers usually are ahead of the culture mm-hmm. they're out there talking to people and bringing in stories and they right. probably didn't know it but when i look back now i'm like oh my god i have nine films this year that are set in rural america really? and those filmmakers were making those films you know some of them leading up to sure. yeah before certain people declared they were running for president so <laughs> i don't know who you mean oh and, and if you look at a film uh, that was a nice, maybe a nice companion to what's the name of the the providers the providers uh, and who are the directors Anna Moot Levin and Lauren Green. Okay, uh, the, the 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 companion. It's not a new documentary. It's it's been out for about five years. Is Remote Area Medical? Oh yes, One I love that film with Jeff Reichert like, and his wife. Yeah, uh, but Remote Area Medical. Yeah, I I, I love that. That scene where the guy comes in with the really bad teeth. You just are exactly like, oh my god. It's all. It was all, first of all. I was surprised. That's a film for those listening. If you're still listening, about um, it's, a, it's a much different approach to it because it's like one day yes. a year where they, they, they show up at, a, at this uh, racetrack in Tennessee, I think it was, and where they, um, in the Ozarks or something, yes. and where all the folks come out there and they get their days ahead because yes. only, there's only a finite number of people that, that can be they seen, can in, see course, in a day. In a, yeah. one of the two days that they're just yeah. setting up this MASH unit. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, a mobile, right? mobile. mobile medical. Yeah. yeah, unit. And uh, so people arrive days early and they can't get seen and it's heart-wrenching. But the thing is that I was surprised by how many of those cases, it was about people's teeth, yes. not about other medical yeah. issues. Uh, well, it was that too, but it was about their sense of self-esteem. Yeah, they, We're tied up in their smile yeah. and then they're being able to look somebody in the eye and feel... Like, yeah, they could open their mouth and not have, you know, but they're, yeah, and just missing teeth and also bad, you know, infections, with infections and, and, and stuff that. like that, that's terrible right. pain that they were living through. Yeah, they, that's just, it was, that's a really powerful film. Yeah, it's very powerful. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds as though that the, the, the providers is, is also. Yes, it's of that same ilk. It's mm-hmm. looking at, although this time through those providers' lens, really just like what it's like to continue to support when the money's running out mm-hmm. and, you know, your days are, you know, 14 hours long. And, and also with one of the particular characters, she's a doctor and she's trying to deal with the crisis by using medical mm-hmm. intervention and a lot of her colleagues just don't even want to deal with people who have opiate you know they're like 
and she said, well, you, they're in your waiting rooms too. You're just not treating them. Mm. And so she's trying to acknowledge that. So even, you know, she has a pregnant woman that she's trying to help her, you know, Mm-hmm. get clean before the baby's born. So yeah, just really right. great character studies. There's a big article in the New York Times magazine about a month ago or something like that about yeah. Oh, pregnant yeah. and addicted women that are addicted and pregnant and 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 kicking, you know. Um, trying to kick it. Yeah, these were well, many of them did. You know, they really um you know, it humanized them. Mm-hmm. You know, they really of course yeah. were extreme you know terrified that their babies would be born they, yeah. there's so much guilt around it absolutely you know so what what are their titles are we, we uh black memorabilia i don't Rumble. know that one black memorabilia is it premiered at um mm-hmm. moma at, um, at the doc Fortnite or no just as a screening okay it hasn't really had a lot of festival exposure the filmmakers kind of just wants to go to television with it but it's about black mobilia. The filmmaker is Chico Colvard, who oh, made Family yeah. Affair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my gosh. What an intense film that yes, was. Yes, what an intense film. About exactly. his own father, right? Yes, exactly. Um, Chico, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that was yeah, what I... Yeah, he's I, fantastic, and it's very interesting. And then we have Wrestle, uh, which is a premiered, I think... I can't remember where it premiered, but I saw it at the San Francisco Film Festival. Uh-huh. Trey Maison Son, which is a Three Tribeca houses. film. That's about three young men, Trey, Mason, oh, and Mason, whose fathers are all in prison. Okay. And so they're trying to have relationships with their dads. And then Hale County, this morning, this evening, have you talked to Ramel Ross ever? No. It premiered at Sundance. What's his name? Uh, Ramel Ross. No, definitely he's not. A, he's a photographer uh-huh. who went down to this small town and um, was teaching and started taking pictures and the, his photography is so extraordinary and then he started filming mm-hmm. and so it's very cinema verite but it looks at life in this small town the African American community mm-hmm. it's really beautiful it's um, you know not as tip, not a typical doc in the sense of you know three acts kind of thing it's very impressionistic but so beautiful and there's humor in it yeah yeah well, the guy who directed uh, Field Niggas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the subsequent movie about, uh, also a uh, similar type of approach. He's also a street photographer who, I mean, mm-hmm. with no background in, in filmmaking, films. but it did, and he's had this incredible... Yeah. Well, I think Ramel, when I first met Ramel, he was not sure what he was going to do with the footage he right. shot because yeah. he was like, he literally said, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with this, but I really like these characters. And it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. The images were so beautiful. And so he stayed true to his vision and really did just make this sort of the, a character study of this town and these families and this community. Mm-hmm. It's very, yeah, very poetic, very impressionistic. Mm-hmm. Um uh, yeah, I just love it. I think it's really, really beautiful. And um, Ramel directed it, and the producer is Jocelyn Barnes, who produced Strong Island with Yancey Ford. Mm-hmm. So she's very good with films like that, where it's a personal story and more impressionistic than traditional, you know. Yes, right. So, and, I mean, there's many other films. We have 21 films, so there's a lot so to talk that's about. rather excessive, I think. <laughs> it is rather excessive. Well, how many, how many, so of. you have 21 films. Is that a, that's the number you are hitting every year or do you, we does that shift? We 22. Okay. Yeah. This year we have one less just because we didn't, they, we, they ran out of time slots for oh. us. We had got preempted for something. And so the election? We, it's right in the middle of your... Yeah, not, but not that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some big thing on PBS in the spring, some series or something, so they bumped oh, us off one night. So, so for yeah. the second 
a chunk of Yeah, for films. during that second time period, right. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, you know, get in as many titles as you, uh, as you want. I, I, you know, it's very surprising. I haven't seen how many I haven't seen. Wild I haven't seen Land the was called Young Men and Fire. It premiered at... Um, God, I forget where these things premiere so, now. Silver it Docks. did just play. Know, it played at Camden. Okay. And then we have film Dawn Land, which played at Camden. And now, ironically, they're the first and second films of the season. Mm-hmm. Dawn Land and Wild Land. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of land. Dawn it's Land. It's a typical it, title. Yeah. Cho- cho- choice. Dawn Land is an incredible film about the first um, um, reconciliation process in the United States in the state of Maine the state government realized that they had been basically not basically they'd been taking Native American children out of their homes and placing them in foster care and this went on all the way through the 1980s and the belief was better any home than a Native American home Mm -hmm. because they just won't be raised properly there was a lot of residual colonialism and savagery I mean just the horrible things that have you know, harmed the Native community for centuries. Um, And so finally this came to light and um, the practice was stopped and the tribes said, we don't feel there'll be actual healing until there's reconciliation, truth and reconciliation. Mm -hmm. So the state government, starting with the governor, really invested time and energy to go out to the tribes and to talk through what had happened to them and to try to get them to tell their stories. And they modeled it after what had been done in Rwanda and Africa. Mm -hmm. It's very powerful because we hear directly from a lot of men and women some of them now in their 70s yeah. who were taken from their parents or some of them who had their children taken Take. from them. Yeah. Um, there's one particular scene that I just fell in love with. It's actual footage from when they testified before Congress and the laws were passed to end this from mm-hmm. continuing. And it's these people just coming in and talking about the fact that they had their children taken out of their homes like when they were grocery shopping and there's one senator who's just incredulous he's like you mean you came home and your children were gone and they're like yes and you know of course what does this remind me of yes that was it exactly the timing this is what i'm saying about these filmmakers so the idea of children of color being taken away from their parents and you know, not necessarily imprisoned, but for them, a different version of imprisonment because they were such large numbers of children taken. And for example, there's one character who talks about she was then molested by her, the family that took her in, the white father. Right, and there's all sorts of predatory uh, people that that, that, uh, will obviously uh, exploit these... Yeah, take advantage of this situation. These situations. Exactly. And so... They're ideal, as was these... uh, centers where these kids, these little kids in the last year were. Yeah, and the the thing about it, Adam Mazo is the director, and Adam has been working on this film for five years. So it was all there, and then it literally, as is so often the case, it finished right Right as this was happening in the larger thing. And so it's a great Mm. way for us to have audiences talk about this ongoing issue in American history. Mm, Right. When we when we demonize a group and we decide we're going to we destroy know, it's them. The, what is it? Patriarchal. Yeah. Separate uh, families. With this uh, rationale of patriarchy yeah, or absolutely. whatever you want to call it. Right. What, what, that begs a question, actually, since you brought it up. There's no doubt going to be a, a slew of documentaries about immigra- yeah. about the immigration There's crisis. Apparently hundreds of crews at the border. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hundreds. Right. 
And we saw with I saw uh, on the screening committee for a couple of festivals, uh, Black Lives Matters. I saw lots and lots of Black Lives Matters after. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was yes. created obviously as a reaction to stuff that had been going on for years. And so you have those documentaries that were very early on, you know, following cases of uh, police brutality and you know wrongdoing. But then there's a bunch after. I wonder if, like Independent Lens, if you're looking for projects from that that are ahead or proactive in that way as opposed to reactive. Not that, again, I don't want to say a lot of the reactive films aren't doing amazing work yeah. and getting incredible access, et cetera. Yeah. And to, you know, but I wonder if, if for independent lens and specifically, if, you're, if that's a, an appealing thing is getting some, you know, these finding those types of stories that are opening up. Oh, absolutely. You know, these things ahead of, uh, you know. And I think it's the case for all the good filmmakers that they are, like I said, I mean, they talk to each other, but they're still working in some level of isolation. Mm -hmm. So when we have something that like happened at our border, obviously there's a huge rush of people to go make that film. Or when there's a shooting at Parkland, there's a huge rush to go there. But then Mm -hmm. there are always all these other filmmakers who are looking for sort of the other story that's not being talked about. So, for example, I just met a filmmaker yesterday who's making a very different kind of film about uh, Mm -hmm. violence in high schools. She's not going after the shooting thing. She found this incredible story, which I can't really talk too much about because she's just at the stage where she's making it, but it's ahead of itself in Mm -hmm. the sense that it's, you know, there are all these crazy things happening, like, well, I think crazy things like giving guns to teachers. And so her film looks at that issue but from a very different, different. perspective mm-hmm. a very different story and so yeah i those are the ones that are the most exciting because i feel like those filmmakers have their pulse on something that's just bubbling up and that will you know i mean the black memorabilia film chico had just made family remains which is i don't know eight years ago i mm-hmm. mean a long time ago and I met him, and I said I loved his film, and uh, it was going to somebody else. And so I think that was back when Oprah was buying documentaries. And um, so I just stayed in touch with him, and I remember calling him and saying, what are you working on? And he was talking about a couple of things, and then he mentioned black memorabilia. And I was like, let's do it. And so we funded that film at least five years ago. Mm-hmm. The film got done right when white supremacy and taking down uh, Confederate statues and this whole idea of appropriating, mm-hmm. you know, slave culture, mm-hmm. right when that just literally came into the zeitgeist again. And there's this beautiful film talking about, you know, black memorabilia and what does it mean to manufacture and then to sell and appropriate these images. And so, I mean, one of his main characters that he had been filming with is a white woman in South Carolina mm-hmm. who sells slave robes. And there's one scene where she goes, well, you can also get a robe for your horse. You know what I mean? It's that whole thing. Yeah. And I remember the first time I saw that footage, I was like, well, that's only a few people care about that now. And then within a year, yeah. 18 months, we were all talking about all the white supremacists. Mm-hmm. So I think filmmakers literally are so attuned and all of them are trying to find the next new story that nobody else has discovered. Oh, sure. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand that. And even some of the ones that do make films that are in response to something yeah. that's going on. We have Maybe, a now, you know, I'm sure there'll be lots of also, uh, you know, never again. But, but, oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Me, but me too. And me now too. all of them. I will, mean, yeah, there'll, there'll be, be lots of documentaries, but, yeah. but, and they're going to be great, but, or some percentage of them will be. Yeah. <laughs> I just was wondering for specifically, 
you know, less pedantic yeah. stuff. Well, is... there was a film, we are co-funding this and co-presenting with our friends at Frontline, Rainey Aronson and her team. It's called Marcos Doesn't Live Here Anymore by David Sutherland. And this is the fourth film that ITVS has funded. He he does long films. He did The Farmer's Wife, which was a huge hit on PBS back in 1997. And then Country Boys, which looked at Appalachia, Young mm-hmm. Boys in Appalachia. And then he did a film called Kind-Hearted Woman, which was about a Native American woman woman dealing with the repercussions of sex abuse in her own life and within her family and then when he finished that film he you know it took a 10 minutes to rest and then he wanted to make a film that was sort of an intersection of immigration and patriotism and so he found this incredible woman who was um, a decorated marine and then she came after serving her tours of duty she fell in love with a mexican man and he gets deported so the film is really all about she is so loyal to our country Mm -hmm. wants to serve our country and yet our country deported her husband to mexico and so we followed them over the course of i believe it's four years i'm trying to remember when we funded it how long we've been working on this film um and then eventually i mean he just and then once the last election happened his chance of getting allowed back in just disappeared completely. Of course. So the film the filmmaker was definitely ahead of the curve. He was talking about what's gonna happen to these families before we started to even talk about building walls. Um but you know they're in their own walls because yeah the husband can't come back to the country. And so you look at it from this very intimate perspective of how does that shape a marriage because they are able to see each other so they actually have more children together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the mother lives with the children in Ohio and he's right. living in Mexico yeah, and it's a very you yeah. know it sounded like as you were starting to describe it I was reminded of Deborah Granick oh yes and her documentary yes uh, Stray Dog Stray Dog yeah. which is also an independent lens thank you uh, you're plugging that. us here left and right <laughs> I love that I'm happy to do it yeah but so, you're right because the, the veteran who had fell in love with the Mexican woman so it's about patriotism yeah and again, exactly I mean Mexico. the motorcycle it's ride a, to the it's Vietnam it's a double feature yeah, it's a double you feature you could do it you on your it right on, you, you stream films yeah so you, yes. maybe just work out the legal part and I'll do the curation well yes exactly I'll just take ideas from you yeah. she by the way is a great filmmaker with her narrative film this year she was on I really liked her for that Deborah Granick yeah. episode number um, <laughs> she was terrific a little shy at the beginning kind of talking she you know probably not somebody who loves doing I'm I guessing. don't think she loves press I don't probably yeah, not she loves making films and being with her characters and but once you're in the sh- you're in the bubble you the film wax bubble yeah. well you're oh. also yeah no yeah <laughs> you do have to bubble. you do have to you no you do. have to promote part of the films. bargain it is um, some people love it other people would just assume yeah, Leave Kelly Reichert didn't like it very oh, much really? either. And they kind of are making films that are in the same sort of yeah. sphere, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Subject matter-wise. These, yeah, sort of very personal stories about people kind of going up against big problems in yeah, isolation. right, right. And kind of stories about people that live in the, out there. Yeah, in the expanse there, in, the, in, the, those, in the world. In those little in small the, places in America. Yeah, in America. Um, we are running low on time. Uh, you know, let me get them there place back but uh, you know for the full list of films yes. is that now someplace readily Absolutely. available it's people... on our website go okay. to pbs.org slash independent lens and all the films are there and we have websites <laughs> for them and we have write-ups and for some of them um, we have the promos or the trailers that people can take a look at mm-hmm. um, but yeah and then with all of our films they will stream so they broadcast on Monday nights 
either 10 o'clock or occasionally 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then they stream at PBS.org for two weeks, 14 mm-hmm. days. So if you miss the broadcast or if you're just not a television watcher anymore, which a lot of our listeners, yeah. let's face it, they are not. Mm-hmm. Appointment television is not what it used to be. Please stream right. it. But there is also uh, recording your TV. And yes, there's all your, kinds of there's, options. It's yes. great. It's not that hard to, to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there yeah. are, there are right. ways to make that work. Um, yeah, but lots of great films. I'm really proud of the fact that we have a lot of women filmmakers, as always. I think 51% of our films are made by women mm-hmm. this year. And uh, some first-time filmmakers. right? Absolutely. It? It's very nice when that happens. Yeah. But some first-time filmmakers like Ramel Ross, and that's always great. We love it. And then people who have made many, many, many films like Morgan Neville. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a real wonderful mix of different kinds of stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We hope people will tune in. I hope so, too. But it's at the end, again, October, th- October 29th, October 29th, Monday night, and every Monday night for about five weeks, and then go away and celebrate the holidays, and then come back, come back <laughs> yeah. January 7th for the King, because it's the night before Elvis Presley's birthday, so it's a perfect time to, you know, think mm-hmm. about the King again. He would have been 84. 84 years old. Yeah. Died at 42. What's a, oh, so yeah, that's half his life wow, ago. Wow, that's shocking. Isn't that crazy to it think crazy. he died? Watching that film again the other day, I realized that the American dream really has taken its toll on some of our heroes. Yes. Some of the yeah, people. yeah. You're going to open a can of worms right before we're kind of winding <laughs> sorry, down. We'll, 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 we'll close bad. the can of worms. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, Adam, you're right. I just get, <laughs> can't stop myself. Well, it's myself. a lot of fun to talk with you. Yeah. It's always great talking with you. Yeah. I hope you don't have to do a lot of edits. No, I don't think so. Just no, it's so it's so straightforward. Do you have a trailer for the new season? Off, yes, off, we can send you that. that. The other thing I would tell people, we also do screenings through our Indie Lens pop up series, mm-hmm. which is uh, here in New York. We actually have one where we pick six films each year, and then we do screenings around the country. And we bring the filmmaker, and they do Q and As, and have a panel discussion afterwards. Oh, why aren't I more involved in those? And then the other thing we should be talking about is Indie Lens Storycast, our new right. digital series, which launched, which is. Multi-part digital-only series, um, two episodes to seven episodes. Each episode is about five minutes long, and they are like independent lens but hipper, mm-hmm. younger. Mm-hmm. So we just launched one last week called Tacos for Texas. Mm-hmm. Two taco journalists travel the state of Texas and introduce us to culture through tacos. And they make some great tacos. They make great tacos, yeah. and that's just one of many. Right. So there's lots of great ones coming up. Yeah, when you go to the Independent Lens, you'll see right in the right there, right as you hit the spot, uh, hit the website. Uh, there's a uh, link for the go to web- Storycast, Storycast yeah. and check out all the shorter works. Exactly, they're really fun. Yeah, you can't watch them on TV. You have to watch them online. <laughs> Thank you, Adam, for having me. Anytime. It's a lovely, lovely afternoon. It is. It yeah. was nice to see you again. Great to see you.
Thank you, everybody, for listening. We're undergoing lots of wonderful changes uh, with the podcast. We are um, recently, uh, the podcast has become available on Spotify and on Google Play, uh, in addition to its already being on Stitcher and, you know, iTunes. And of course, all segments, all conversations are individually uploaded to our YouTube channel. So please do uh, check all those platforms out. We are getting closer to, I think it will probably happen in the beginning of the year, to do a revamp on the website. So look out for that soon. I'll, of course, be making some uh, announcements as the new website gets a facelift. In the meantime, Go to any of those platforms I already mentioned, uh, specifically and especially iTunes and and uh, Stitcher, to leave us comments and star ratings. It's it makes a huge difference, just to be discovered. You know, frankly, uh, tell everybody you know uh, that are into films anyway about the podcast. And coming up in the next couple of episodes, we have uh, returning Amos Poe, who is an old friend of the show. We have great character actor in over decades, as well as being a, an, uh, an acting teacher. Austin Pendleton is coming up on the show. And uh, we have also the great Peter Riegert, who was, uh, you know, geez, in Animal House and, of course, uh, uh, Local Hero and, and Crossing Delancey and so many other fantastic films. Uh, he'll be on the show as well. We have a lot of great episodes coming up soon, as well as later this in November, we're going to have a big celebration of Hal Hartley's uh, Long Island Trilogy, which is coming out as a box set. Those are, of course, Unbelievable Truth, Trust, and Simple Men, that trilogy of films, which uh, will be available in new prints for the first time as a box set. Uh, We'll have more information about that, and we're going to have a bunch of uh, actors from those films stopping by the show so you'll want to definitely make sure to tune into that i'm going to sign off here everybody uh we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of the podcast Uh, until then please take care of yourselves and the ones you love Spring.